30. The Illini are getting ready to play in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2013 against the Drexel Dragons out of the Colonial Athletic Conference. Um, Colonial Athletic Association Conference, sorry. Drexel is a team that hasn't been in tournament since 1996. It's, it's, it's actually the first time they've been there since they joined the CAA uh, back in 01-02. Drexel is uh, the Dragons. Great name, by the way. That's good. Um, they the last time they were in term was 1996. They actually beat Memphis, um, pulled an upset. So this is a team that uh, you know, this is a totally different group, different situation. They have never played Illinois. This is the first time they've ever um, played Illinois in regular season, postseason, whatever it is. So as you kind of look at this game, um, Illinois obviously a huge favorite going into this game. I believe I saw a line of 21 or 22. Don't have, uh, you know, th their game against Penn State was postponed. They were supposed to play Penn State, so there's no common opponents there um, on the schedule. Mostly, you know, they played mostly conference opponents. Uh, they did play Pitt. They lost by nine at Pitt early in the season. Uh, that's really kind of the only, that's in fact the only high major team they played. They do have a win over St. Joe's. Um, but, yeah, Drexel, different kind of team. Uh, they're, they're, so we're going to kind of take a deep dive here and look at Drexel talk about uh, what they're going to do um, against the Illini. Game time tomorrow on Friday, set for 1.15 p.m. Eastern, 12.15 p.m. Central time from Indianapolis, obviously, just like everything else. Um, Drexel was actually the sixth seed in their conference tournament, came through and got the win. Uh, so that obviously huge for them. Great to see them, a team like this, you know, get an opportunity to play in a tournament and win this. Also happy to see Illinois there for the first time in eight years. So, the Illini, of course, are uh, it's their 31st appearance in the NCAA tournament. First time they've been there since 2013, as we mentioned. Um, they are fifth in the Big Ten in most tournament appearances. Uh, it's fourth time they've been a number one seed. And, of course, only one number one seed has ever lost in the first round. So I don't expect that number to increase after this one. I expect the Illini to get the win here. So let's talk a little bit about Drexel, what we're going to see, though. Drexel is a very good offensive team. They can't score. They will spread you out. They will try and uh, space the floor. Try and they, they will shoot threes. Um, their best player is probably guard. I, I don't think there's uh, any question. Is Cam Winter? Um, Cam Winter, Cameron uh, Winter is a six foot two junior. Um, you know he he can shoot it well from three. Shot about forty three percent from the kind of the arc. He has a mid range game. He's a good passer. Um, does a lot of things. A lot of things well. Uh, up front, they've the other backcourt. They got a kid named Zach Walton. He's also a good shooter. Forty percent from three. And, um, and then another kid named um, Yurik, who is uh, not a great shooter, 5'11 guard, um, will round out their, you know, kind of perimeter guys. And then up front, they've got TJ Bickerstaff and James Butler. James Butler, actually intriguing guy because he, his dad actually played um, with David Robinson at Navy. He scored over 1,000 points. He's a face-up guy. Hit a couple three-pointers in the CAA semis, but he's not really a shooter. Um, and he is a shooter, not three point shooter. He does give up a ton of size to Kofi Coburn, but don't most human beings. So that's prob probably not the best uh, way to describe a guy. But he is six foot eight, two hundred and forty pounds, um, shorter, but a physical guy. He's a senior. He's been through the wars. Has a very good offensive player as well. Um, T.J. Bickerstaff is kind of their stretch four. Um, not a great shooter though. Doesn't really stretch. He's more of a six nine, two hundred and ten, two hundred fifteen pound guy. Um, is a good, good free throw shooter, 84%, only shot 16% from three, 59% from two, 
He is a pretty efficient player, though. He does a good job on the glass. Butler's their best rebounder, and Victor Staff also does a nice job. Then off the bench, they, they're going to bring a kid named Okros. Um, um, he is a 6'6 sophomore, very good shooter, another 40% three-point shooter. And then Tim Perry's their big guy off the bench, a 6'10 kid who is a good, you know, shoots well inside the arc. Not a great, not a great like dynamic player, but just a solid guy. He's coming off the bench, very good rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. He does a very good job of getting glass. Um, he'll probably play about ten minutes, like eight to ten minutes, just uh, spelling Butler up front. Um, that's probably the, most of the time that he'll see. So overall, you've got a team. Uh, there's another freshman named Xavier Bell who plays a little bit too, does a nice job. Um, so th th that's about their the extent of their minutes that you're going to see. They're going to play about. Um, Eight guys uh, match don't match up real well size wise. Although on the wing they do have some decent size. They, you know, did they finished twelve and seven in the regular in the season. Um, they were, you know, nine and seven heading into the conference tournament. Won three in a row, beating College of Charleston. Obviously that was an upset, beating Northeastern and then beating Elon. So they're a team that's I'm playing pretty well. The one issue that they have is they are not a great defensive team. In fact, they are not at all a good defensive team. The only thing that they have really struggled to defend pick and roll ball handlers. So if that gives you any idea of what you're going to see a lot from Illinois, you're going to see Io DeSumo going downhill, Andre Curbelo going downhill. Um, they had a problem with just allowing people to get wherever they needed to be. Um, they, they went under some ball screens, gave some threes. They allowed people to get to the rim. Um, we're not great defending ball handlers. The other thing, the other area they struggle, transition defense. Uh, very below average in that area. Uh, they have a, uh, you know, don't get back on defense. Illinois loves to run. So Illinois can rebound, get out and run. It's going to be uh, something that could be effective. Uh, as far as other areas, they they did, they defended spot up jump shots pretty well, but I don't know if they've seen, because they do have a little bit of length on the wing, but I don't know if they've seen anything like Illinois um, for sure. Uh, the, the way they do things, they, I would say also the other issue, offensive rebounds and putbacks. Once teams got the ball on the offensive glass, um, they were they were probably they scored more points. Um, they were number they were last in the country. How about that? Um, in allowing teams to convert offensive rebounds, so that kind of doesn't bode well for Illinois when they do get. You'll see Georgie, you'll see Kofi attack the offensive glass. Jacob Grandison, Demonte Williams, people like that will come in there and be able to do a good job there. Um, you know, teams were teams were able to score against them. That's their biggest issue. Catch and shoot. Um, they did a good job contesting them um, on catch and shoots, but that's really the extent of what they did defensively. Don't have a, the only guy is uh, they don't have a number of you know great defenders. It's very limited defensively in uh, what they can do um, in that regard. Now, the other thing that you'll see is the pick and roll man scored a little bit, especially when uh, Butler is not great at defending pick and roll. Uh, 68240. So teams are able to get inside. Um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of a concern, I think, probably going into the game for them. You may see them use a little bit of, you know, different, you know, setups. Um, maybe they played 93% of the time they played man to man, but they do play some zone. I think you might see, I think they played zone for about 77 possessions on the season out of almost 1,100. Um, so you're probably going to see them play mostly man, but you may see it against a team like Illinois, you may see more zone because they feel like they have to. Um, offensively, that's where um, they are probably more of a um, a threat to Illinois. They do spread the floor. Um, they're considered one. They're one of the most efficient teams in the country offensively. Um, they're not a great. The one difference, if you look at Ken Palm, you'll see that they're not maybe ranked as highly. 
because they, for two reasons, one, they are not a an awesome offensive rebounding team, just an okay offensive rebounding team, and they don't get to the line a lot. So that kind of hurts them. But when it comes to just putting up points on offensive possessions, very good in the top 10% um, nationally, top 11% nationally in the, against that. They're better against man than zone, which is interesting um, when you kind of look at that. But uh, as we said, they, they like most of their possessions, they love spot-up shots. Um, spot-up shots, they will get out and run if you on turnovers or if you don't get back on defense, they'll take advantage. Uh, they run some pick and roll. The ball handler, um, Winter, handles a lot of those. He's going to score off of that. Uh, in fact, they will they will attack. Um, he will shoot pull-up jump shots, mid-range, uh, pull-up from three if you go under. So that's kind of how he does. But the one scary thing for me is the way they're going to spread Illinois out, and then it's the back cuts. Their back cuts, uh, they were one of the best teams in the country at cutting back door, getting that opportunity. Um, there and then the pick and roll man. Uh, you're gonna have to do a good job of defending that roll man. They were the best team in the country at finishing with their roll man. Now, the question it doesn't happen very often because you know, winners shot it more than anything else when they ran a pick and roll ball handling situation. Um, but you, you'll see it's just something you got to be concerned about when he when uh, Butler's rolling to the rim and what he's able to do there. Pick and rolls, including passes, they were again one of the best in the country. 342 times they ran the a ball screen on offense where they would either, you know, shoot or kick it. And they, they score, they were 98 percentile in scoring in those situations. So that kind of gives you an idea of what you're going to see as well. So it's something Illinois should be used to. They defended this uh, a lot this year. So this is nothing new for the Illini. It's something they're used to seeing um, as we go forward. Now they are, uh, so, so Drexel is, uh, Illinois, on the other hand, looks to be a team that's, you know, peaking at the right time. They look great. Fantastic. It's um, Illinois is, uh, enters the weekend, trying to advance to a Sweet 16 for the first time since 2005. And, of course, they're going to have – it starts with this game against Drexel on, uh, on Friday afternoon. The, the other thing that I want to see from Illinois here is I want to see the Illini have a – you know, come out with the ener- same energy they played the end of this year. One thing we know from this team is not that they're uh, – you know, obviously they had a great season, a great run here to end the year. But if you're looking at kind of a concerning area, is you wonder about a team that isn't as good. They have had games when maybe they don't bring it against weaker teams, whether it's Nebraska or Northwestern, whether it's um, Ohio early in the season. Some games that maybe shouldn't have been as close as they were that Illinois let the other team hang around. And so if you're looking at a team that is a you know a dominant um, you know, you know team. If you're looking for a, maybe a chink in the army, it's that when Illinois is playing a good team, when they really feel respect for that other team, especially down the stretch, they've come out with great energy. You know, whether it's at Michigan, whether it's you know the Ohio State games the last two, whether it is you know Iowa, whatever whatever game you're talking at Wisconsin, Wisconsin home. These games when they feel like they're in a must-win situation, or when they really feel like they have something to prove, they've been lights out. It's when possibly they don't have that to prove when they start feeling good about themselves a little too good about themselves that we get in trouble. And so I guess that would be the one concern I have for Illinois. But if you're looking at your keys to the game here, keys to the game here brought to you by IlliniGuys.com, keys to the game here. Illinois must do a good job. Of one, they must attack inside out. Can't settle for a bunch of jump shots early on in the shot clock. Um, use Kofi. Nobody can match it up with Kofi inside. Get him the ball, whether it's on ball screen or rolls, whether it is post-ups, whatever it is. Use him, get him some touches and make them adjust to Kofi because they haven't seen anyone like him either. Not that there isn't anybody like him, but still. 
Second thing, um, number two would be Illinois has to uh, bring that defensive energy that they've had at the end of this year. They've become a very good defensive team. They're ranked in the top 10 now in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They have to make sure that they're aware, back cuts, things like that, help defense in the correct position. And, of course, just making sure that they get back in defense and don't, don't get a little complacent in this situation. And the third, the third key to the game is one they want to. I think the big, th big thing for Illinois is keeping everyone involved in this game, getting productive minutes out of guys like keeping Georgie rolling. Georgie was fantastic against Ohio State. Keep him rolling. Get Adam Miller going because you may need him later. Keep Curbelo engaged so he doesn't, you know, so he understands the importance. So he's playing those big minutes because you're going to need him down the stretch. Make sure Io is rolling. Uh, just kind of get everybody involved. Um, and, and if it means that IO scores like 17 and has eight assists and five rebounds, whatever, um, just make sure everybody's involved, get everybody kind of their time, you know, those top eight, nine guys, get their time, play well, and, and get the, some confidence heading into the next game because it gets tougher after this. Um, Drexel is not a team that should beat Illinois. If they played 100 times, I would expect Illinois to win, well, 100, but we'll say 99 just so it makes it more exciting. But the reality is Illinois is the is the you know one of the tournament favorites, and this is a game that they should win going away. Current line is 20. I, I just looked it up, 21, 21 and a half. Uh, I like Illinois by a little more than that. Uh, I feel like that they're gonna the only the only way it's under that, I think, is if they uh, at the end of the game, Drexel makes a you know against Illinois subs in and they score late. But I think you're looking at something around 20. Four point lead win, 85, 61, something like that. Um, I think Illinois will score against Drexel. I think they'll score a lot of points. I think they'll open up a lead. And I think when Drexel wants to play, if they have to play fast and kind of push the ball and try and get, make play catch up, it's going to be tough for them to catch up. So you could see a situation where Illinois stretches out even further um, as well. So that's the uh, 30 for 30 pregame podcast. That's our prediction. We like the Illini in this one to win big. We expect to, uh, you know, you know, kind of see uh, a lot of guys get in there. So we will um, we back post game on Friday afternoon. We'll have another podcast, which will cover the post game, where we'll look at how the Illini are did and what, who their next opponent's going to be, because it's either going to be Loyola or a weakened Georgia Tech team. Either way, it's going to be a game that uh, they feel uh, they, they have a great chance of winning there. So, but I'll start with Drexel. First time in the NCAA tournament since 2013. It's going to be exciting. 30 for 30. Thanks for listening.